Hi, welcome to this special virtual summit edition of the HRD Live podcast. I'm Sam Alberti, reporter for HRD Connect, and I'll be your host. This conversation was adapted from an interview that was conducted live at HRD, a virtual experience US, on September 17th, 2020. Please note that because this was a fully remote event, the audio quality may fluctuate slightly from time to time. My guest for this interview was Paul Hevesy, Vice President, Organisational Effectiveness, Stanley Back and Decker. Paul had just delivered a fantastic live masterclass on how small changes can transform the way you work and help build a more effective organisation. As Paul left the virtual stage, he joined HRD Connect to give us a rundown of the themes he covered and the key takeaways from the presentation. Enjoy the podcast. Uh, Paul, let's just start nice and broad. And for those who weren't able to make it today, uh, what were you talking about in your session? And what do you think some of the key takeaways were? Yeah, you got it. So my time was spent on the work we've been doing at Stanley Black and Decker around work transformation and really just taking, trying to tackle some of the basics of day-to-day ways of working and enhancing those mm-hmm. to ultimately to give people time back in their schedules. So we're like any big company, got a lot of meetings, got a lot of priorities, got a lot of people coming and going, a lot of communication flying everywhere. And what we found is people are finishing their day and they, they don't feel accomplished. They feel burdened with you know, too many things, not enough time to get it done. And they spend the majority of their day in meetings of some kind. And a lot of those meetings, the feedback we were getting is, I don't know why I'm in this meeting. My manager's in this meeting. My manager's manager's in this meeting. I never say anything. And it's recurring every week. Uh, so what I talked about is the three areas are some of the things we're doing to help prioritize more effectively, how to meet differently and more effectively, and how to communicate more effectively. Those three could be day-long efforts kind of walking through some of the details of course but i just my main focus was hey just be very intentional around prioritization because when everything's a priority nothing is we all know that that's common sense but what we try to establish at stanley black and decker at least in in our culture is people willing to raise their hand saying okay you gave me this new priority Mm. i also have these other five that you gave me and we talk about which one should come off because I'm not sure I can get all of them done. You know, just just literally have that conversation. Mm. And maybe a situation where it's like, hey, you know what? For right now, I need all six. Most of the time, just having that conversation, the courage to say, hey, and the manager's courage to say, okay. And they sit down, they work through it. Um, it just lifts that burden where people say, hey, now I have three things. I know what those three things are. I can do those three things. Mm. Now... I'm going to schedule my time. I'm going to be very focused on my time that I allot to those three things. So anything then on my calendar that I get invited to that aren't tied to those three things, I'm going to look at differently. Now I may still attend, but I'm going to look at them a little bit different because I'm very focused. And now I have real clear priorities. Mm. So we talked about meetings and really just some ideas around have an agenda for every meeting. I talked a little bit about at Stanley, we've got four pieces of our agenda, what the purpose is, what the uh, preview, what are, what are the topics, the very specific topics we're going to cover, mm. what process are we going to use? Is it going to be Zoom? Is it going to be a particular meeting room? And then the fi- final one is what the payoff is. What are people going to get out of it? 
you do that, you move meetings from 30 minutes and 60 minutes to 25 minute and 45 minute meetings, you start to give people time back. Mm -hmm. Then you also encourage people to think about, hey, the last three meetings I've been on of this particular topic, the only thing I've ever said is hi when I joined and bye when I left. Maybe I don't need to be on that meeting. I'm gonna raise my hand and say, hey, do I need to be on this meeting? Again, that goes back to that courageous conversation. Just giving people the freedom to say, hey, my time's really valuable. I'm not sure it's best spent on this meeting. No offense, right? So agendas, shorten the timing. And then the other big thing around meetings I've talked about is if you find yourself as an HR leader or as just in general, a leader of any kind in an organization where most of your meetings are information only, where you're either giving information or receiving information from your team, start thinking about those differently. Do you have to have an in-person or virtual meeting for that information sharing? At Stanley, we've got Workplace by Facebook, so we can create chat groups, we can create all kinds of groups, share information, share videos, give quick updates, and, and not need meetings necessarily to do that. So really challenge people around information sharing. If you're not solving a problem, or making a decision and you're just sharing information can you do it differently and cancel that meeting and give people time back mm. and then the final one is just around communication when you're not focused in your communication as a leader people end up just stop they just stop listening you know and so you can keep emailing and emailing or communicating however you communicate but if you don't vary it if you don't mix it up if you're not creative with how you communicate people are going to start listening and then the other big piece there is starting, whether it's in your email or a PowerPoint presentation or any form of communication, start with your key message. Mm. At least at Stanley, in our culture, we the tendency is to end with the key message. Hey, this is what I think we should do. But before I get to that, let me give you all the details on how we arrived at that. What we're saying is flip that, right? You only have 25 minutes. You don't have an hour. Mm. You only have 15 minutes. You only have 10 minutes. So normally what you do is you have 15 slides or 20 slides and the last two slides would be, hey, here's what I think we should do mm. or here's what we did or whatever. Now I'm saying instead of an hour, set it for 25 minutes, start with your key message. And if people need more info, you can walk through that quickly. But here's what I think we should do. Mm. Why? Let's make a decision. That way it saves time. It gets people focused. You get in, you get out and you keep and And the main premise there whether it's prior, how you prioritize, how you communicate, meetings are the, at the heart of all of that. And so the, the mindset I helped try to communicate today is, if you have a culture where people treat meetings like work, man, I worked really hard today. I was in seven meetings. That's not work. Those are meetings, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what did you get done? So it really challenges moving from treating meetings as work moving to treating meetings on how you get more work done mm. like that should be every meeting are we going to get more work done are we going to make progress on this project are we going to get a decision that moves things forward yes if the answer is yes have the meeting have an agenda set it for a, a brief amount of time only invite people that are should be there to help you and keep it moving and then people that may need to be a part of it but don't need to sit in the meeting add them to the email recap and then they can stay informed. So those are the three things to talk about. Okay, great. There's obviously a lot going on here, but it strikes me that communication in the most general sense is 
uh, at the center of all of this, not yes. just in terms of how employees communicate with each other, but in terms of also like how information is disseminated across the organization, you know, from top down and just streamlining that process. So first of all, is that something you would agree with? Is that right at the center of this? And then secondly, how do you, like, what's the key to that? What's the solution? You know, is it leadership development? How do you change that? Yeah, I, so I do agree with that. And it, it's courageous communication too, if I can add an adjective in there, mm. right? Where it's being able to speak up and say, hey, I shouldn't be in this meeting. It's being able to speak up and say, hey, I've got too many priorities. It's being able to speak up and say, Hey, start with that key message, get, you know, get to the point and have people not feel empowered to do that and then be able to receive, give it and receive it. It kind of takes both ways. Mm. The lesson that I learned as we, and you mentioned the term leadership development, it's really how we started out this process. And we really delivered this content specifically to our managers. Anybody who managed people got this content. And there's more to it than these three things, but these are kind of the three big pillars point is the only thing I can say about it from a lesson learned standpoint is you just got to start doing it. And a lot of people want to do 10 things, eight things, even five things. My encouragement is pick two things and be very intentional about them. So the way you get people on board, and that was one of the questions is how do you, how do you get people to start doing some of this? And to me, it was at the heart of communication, like you said, communication is at the heart of it. Get a group of people that are passionate about it that are gonna start living it out right away. And they don't have to be a senior executive. In fact, um, a lot of times you're not gonna be able to get that senior executive. They'll sponsor it, they'll be supportive of it, but they've got habits like all of us do. And so for us at Stanley, we just, it was myself, and there was probably five or six other people, for example, that just started communicating differently. We started setting up meetings with agendas for 45 minutes and no one was doing that and you know became, First, we were kind of the outliers, and then more and more people are like, they, they go through one of our meetings, and we're like, wow, that was a good meeting. We finished on time. I've got extra time on my schedule, and we covered a bunch of ground because we had an agenda. Yeah. So that starts going, and just it's a, it's a little bit of an inside-out influence model that we use. That's how you get people on board and going, is you just identify a handful of people that can go and start doing it religiously, and it, it starts to go from there. Okay, great. And it seems to me, I mean, I'm not an expert, but it seems to me that if you, if you master this, you're reducing people's workloads, you know, you're allowing them to, to manage their time better. And then subsequently you're reducing stress and all the other things that come along with that. So I guess the question I want to ask is how much does this relate to wellbeing? Because of course we're in a, a health crisis right now. So are those two things uh, you think that are quite close together? Yeah, absolutely connected. I mean, most organizations, Stanley Black and Decker is one of those as well, that we have a wellness program, you know, we've got resources and they're all very good. But to me, it's like that, you know, to use an overused expression, it's really where the rubber meets the road. So to me, the wellness, it's a hundred percent a wellness thing because one of the examples I gave is one of our leaders uh, came back to me all on her own and said, hey, you know what? I get 20 minutes back a day. And she said, that doesn't sound like a lot, but it's an hour and a half a week. But she said that 20 minutes a day, she said, you know, Paul, what it does is I can get more work done. I can get work done. And then I actually can spend time before I leave my work. I can prepare for the next day. So when I'm present at home with my family, I'm present. I'm not thinking about the things that I forgot to do. I'm not thinking about tomorrow. 
because I've kind of, I've, I've got that handled, I'm ready. And to me, Sam, at the end of the day, if all 6,000 plus people managers in Stanley Black and Decker walk away as we, you know, as we continue to develop this culture, if everyone is saying something similar or 80% are saying something similar, hey, I'm, I'm more present at home because I've got more time in my schedule. I'm getting more done. I feel more accomplished at the end of every day. And I've got more time and, and my, my mind and my body and my spirit are focused when I'm at home, they're focused on what's happening at home. That to me, that's the rubber meets the road. That's not a program. That's not a, that's not a wellness thing, mm. um, initiative. That's a real thing, real time, real feelings, real, you know, real impact on people. And that's, that's yeah. why I get passionate about it. Okay. Um, and I guess uh, just to finish off, Quite simply, yep. how how can this be done? I know I know you sort of touched on some bits of that before, but this is the way I always like to finish off. So could you just give me a nice little summary of that, you know, for people who just haven't the faintest idea how to get it off the ground? Yeah, I would say the most practical way to start is establish meeting guidelines, a meeting culture for your company. If you if you're not very specific on how long meetings should be, what your agenda should look like, and the types of meetings you should have, kind of those three things you don't have a meeting culture. Now, what I talked about in my session is, if without those guide, very specific guidelines, you can post them, people, you know, people can, over time, they can speak to them, they know exactly what they are. Mm -hmm. Short of that, everybody comes into your organization and they bring their own meeting culture, their own way of running meetings. And then that's where people really get frustrated because there's no continuity and from meeting to meeting, it's all over the map. Mm -hmm. right? So to me, the most practical thing to do and this, I talk to, within Stanley, Black & Decker, all the time with people. First thing you do, and you can do this today, look at your calendar the next two weeks. And look at the meetings you've set up, and look at the meetings you're invited to. And the meetings you've set up, shorten them. Make them, instead of 30 minutes, make them 25. Instead of 60, make them 45. And put an agenda on it. Update it with an agenda. And then the meetings that you're in, that you don't run, but you're in, look at the, the, the ones where you don't say anything. You say hi when you get there and bye when you leave mm. and consider raising your hand saying, hey, can I bug out of this meeting moving forward? Those mm. are two super practical things. You can do them today and it just starts you on that journey. Then, you know, obviously the prioritization piece is really, really important, but that, that takes a little bit more. That's a little bit more nuance isn't the right word, but it's, it's a little bit more squishy it's going to take some executive uh, sponsorship to really get that moving. But this meeting thing, you can do it. I can do it. That piece of it is in our control. And then that's when it starts. Thanks for listening to this episode of the HRD Live podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to stay on the lookout as we'll be releasing more live interviews from our latest virtual summit very shortly. Finally, remember to head over to hrdconnect.com for more insights and analysis on the future of work. Until then, goodbye.